0: Welcome to the Rechoice Podcast.
1: It's the Rechoice Pod where you can listen again, choose wisely, and live joyfully. My name is Joe Pellerito. Today's our episode with Liz Musumichi discussing the word remix. Three steps to rechoice. Name the experience, choose a rechoice word. And then tell us what you see. You can read more at rechoicepod.com. But now it's time for the show. Many, many years ago, I first met Liz at one of our trainings that we do for Capturing Kids Hearts. We've stayed in touch ever since, at least electronically. In fact, we were going to do this interview well over a year ago. But as you're about to hear There were alternate plans. I've followed her story and cheered her on from a distance. She's a fantastic teacher, a resilient friend, and her colleague, Joe Glover, describes her as infectiously kind and warm, giving and joyful, always able to create silver linings. Please welcome to the show, Liz (laughs) Muzumichi!
0: Hello, Liz! Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me.
1: Are you kidding me? This is a gift because I feel like we, you know, chime back and forth, you know, through Facebook or whatever, but to actually hear your voice again. That's awesome.
0: Yes. Likewise. Thank you. It's been quite a journey just to get to this day. So I'm really (laughs) excited to be finally here and having a conversation with you.
1: Uh, yeah. I know we've rescheduled a few times just because of things. And that, man, that kind of goes along with your rechoice word, which we will announce a little later. But you yes, know,
0: most definitely.
1: Yeah. You know, we like to start out with some good things first. So what is a good thing going on in your world?
0: Well, I just took my kids on a road trip to Colorado. Oh, wow. And we've never been. I've never been. I had no family there. I just... Actually, was showing my students a college tour virtually from Durango, Colorado. And I thought, you know what? That town looks pretty cool. I think we should go check it out. So <laughs> over, yeah, over the break, the school break, we just got in the car and my kids were a little skeptical. They're like, Mom, you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: like, no, but I don't care.
0: <laughs> I'm like, just trust me. Just trust me. I got this. And, you know, it, in the end, all four of them, which, you know, that's a hard sell to get all four kids to yeah. have a good time. All four of them had a great time. So I felt very accomplished for doing that solo road trip. I'm the only driver. Also that all four kids had fun. So that was a good
1: thing. Well, I will just tell you that that's like right along my wheelhouse in terms of let's just go on an adventure and go. Don't, you know what I mean? I just think that's neat. Yes.
0: I think it's good memories. I told them someday you guys will be sitting around, you know, having a meal or reminiscing at the holidays and. They'll be like, remember that time mom just put us in the car and drove to Colorado?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. So,
0: yeah, you know, I'm trying to give them some good experiences if I can.
1: I think that is way cool. And, and maybe it has something to do with your upcoming birthday. That's, that's what I'm thinking, but I, oh, I, I, it's I, a big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, do you care? Do you want to share it?
0: It's the big one. It, well, it's big for me. It's 40. So whoop, whoop. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm feeling pretty good about turning 40. I'm not, yeah, you're not ashamed about, about that
1: or something. I no. know some people Some people joke about be turning 29 again.
0: <laughs> I think, well, I just I got think, my hair it, done it. last week and no grays. So I think, you know, <laughs> I got that doing going well. for me. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Well, it's
1: time for our quiz questions. And you've heard Uh-oh. some of my other shows. So, you know, well, you don't know what the questions are, but I do not you know. No. Right. <laughs> I, I think you'll get it. So here we go. <clears throat> A long, long time ago. In 1861, to be exact, Edward Austin Sheldon founded the blank primary teachers training school who popularized some of the most innovative teaching methods of his day. Today, it lies on 700 acres along one of our great lakes. With about 8,000 students, they are, quote, large enough to offer the program you want, yet small enough for students to form quality relationships. Where do you think we're talking?
0: Is that the Lakers? That is Sunni the- Oswego. <laughs> yes, the
1: Lakers of Oswego. Oswego, Oswego where? Where is that?
0: That's in New York, upstate New York. All um, right. It is on the Great Lake, on Lake Ontario. That's the college that I went to.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool. And FYI, this is just- uh, I don't know why this is important, but you know how I said he popularized some of the most innovative teaching methods of his day. Back then it was called object learning, which was a precursor to inquiry-based learning. Oh,
0: yes. okay. And
1: Any idea what inquiry-based learning might be about?
0: Well, you are asking questions and seeking knowledge through those inquiries, through those questions.
1: I was going to say that, but then I thought, why not pose a question?
0: Let me. Oh, I see where you're going with (laughs) Ah. (laughs) this.
1: I just really stand by causing curiosity and problem solving and looking at a scenario and, and figuring it out.
0: Most definitely. Yep. It's a good trait to teach the kids, you know, and I think that right now with the large amounts of technology that our kids have access to, it can be easy to get information without. Uh, really digging in. So Mm -hmm. teaching them to kind of dig in and look deeper is, you know, and reflect too. a really important qualities to teach them.
2: Great
1: point there. My nephew. So I I have a twin brother. Right. Yes. Lives in Binghamton, New York, which you might know. Oh,
0: okay. My brother went to college there. I do know where that is.
1: Oh, wow. So anyway, his twins are seniors in high school and Evan, both Evan and Autumn visited Oswego. I think Autumn made a different choice, but Evan, it's still one of his, uh, top choices right now. He hasn't made the call yet. Any selling points?
0: It is an excellent school. I really enjoyed my time there on the campus. Um, you know, one of the highlights is, well, the sunsets for sure. Oh, right yes. on the water. Yeah. That's, I think one of the, one of the selling points. They have a hockey team and. You know, they've done over the years, not when I was there, but <laughs> since then, lots of updates to the facilities. Um, it's an old school, but really modernized it. It's beautiful. Whenever I go back to New York, I take a little spin through the college just for old time's sake. And Rudy's is the hot spot for places to eat. And mm. or, there's an ice cream spot right next door. That's a that's a selling point too for a college boy. <laughs> yes,
1: and he's uh, he's likely going to go somewhere to play soccer. He's quite good at soccer. Okay, and, uh, but it is beautiful, and I I would imagine you get some lake effect snow there too. So
0: you do, but <laughs> if he's from well, Binghamton uh, doesn't fine. get as much snow as Oswego, but they used to put ropes up. I don't know if they do that anymore to help you navigate along. I think maybe they've upgraded and put some underground paths, but those weren't there when I was going to school.
1: Well, I know he likes to hike and ski and stuff, so I think he'll be fine. So perfect for him. You nailed question one. We are now going to question two. Formed in 1888. Today it serves around 21,000 students, making it the fourth largest elementary district in the state of California. Which school district are we at?
0: Are we at Palmdale School District? We are. (laughs) Look at that. Wait a minute. We just went from
1: the east all the way to the west in California. Palmdale School District. For people outside of California, uh, at least where I'm from, there's not school districts that are primarily elementary. That really is a lot of students that are elementary kids.
0: It Um, is a lot of students. We have a lot of schools in the district. It was new for me, too. Growing up in New York, we had K-12 districts. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out here and there were, there was an elementary school district, it was a, a, an adjustment for sure.
1: That was not a sudden road trip. Let's go drive to California. I think when people hear California, they just think of like maybe Los Angeles or something like
0: that. You right. Know I mean? That's true. Yeah. Antelope Valley, Palmdale is the desert. It is very dry and still hot, even though we are well into quote unquote winter. We sometimes joke out here that we have two seasons, right? Summer and fire. And I know (laughs) if you watch the world news, you often see there's stories about fires in California. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately, those haven't impacted us too much out there in, in Palmdale, but there are Santa Ana winds and things that cause us to be concerned at times, but it's beautiful mountains and tons of hiking. If you like to be outdoors, It's a great place to live because you can be outdoors probably I would say three hundred and sixty days a year. Oh wow. Um yeah. It's you know, not you do get out there. You
1: do get out there. I
0: do, I do. I like to be outside, I like to hike, do a lot of outdoor activities with the kids.
1: What in the world brought you out there?
0: I was a single mom. I had two kids. They were one and two and I actually met someone and he became my second husband. And I had the privilege, I guess I would say, to uh, have a court agree for a relocation. So my kids and I were able to come out here and I was pregnant with my third child, my daughter. Yeah. So I ended you changed your whole life. I did. I was already started into my teaching career. I was five years into my teaching career and I decided that. It was not quite long enough to be stuck there in one place. Although, you know me, I'm not a rooter. I don't stay (laughs) rooted for very long.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of the theme here. Yeah,
0: for sure. January will be 10 years that I've lived in California. So it's starting to feel like home.
1: Okay, great job on question two. We may even get more into that story, uh, depending on where we go coming up here. But let's go ahead and get question three in there. Four letters, S-C-Y-S. This league Demands that each coach, parent, player, and spectator abide by their code of conduct. For coaches, that means they will display respect, fairness, and integrity. For parents, that means they will demonstrate a positive attitude, maintain healthy relationships, cheer, and enjoy themselves, and show respect to all (laughs) opponents, coaches, and officials. S-C-Y-S. No, it doesn't stand for South Carolina Yoga Studios. What (laughs) What does it stand for?
0: Santa Clarita Youth Soccer.
1: (laughs) All right. You know, I think when a lot of our listeners hear Santa Clarita, they might think of the Santa Clarita Diet. I like the show on the Netflix, for example. But tell us a little bit about the S-C-Y-S and what you love about
0: it. So I live in Santa Clarita, actually, and it's a beautiful community. I love the neighborhood and just awesome, awesome place to live. I have three kids that play soccer. Uh, my son now is older, so he plays on a club team. But my youngest two, uh, they play for the Youth Soccer League, and it's been a great experience. You meet some wonderful families and just some you know, opportunities for the kids to just enjoy and learn to love the game. I played soccer back way back when. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of happy that I have some soccer player kids. It's a lot of fun for me to sit and watch and enjoy them playing now, kind of live through them a little bit.
1: Yeah. You're the soccer mom now, right? I am. Uh, I am. You know, I, do you have a minivan?
0: I do not. <laughs> I swore at 18 years old, I would never drive a minivan and I still have been able to keep that you know, promise to myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, and so I've I've heard you say it now, you know, four kids, right? So when, when people ask how many kids you have, it's not always crystal clear answer, is it? We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute, but first let's make it official. Liz Musumichi, what is your rechoice word?
0: My rechoice word is remix. Ra ra remix,
1: as my students used to say. So, and <laughs> uh, I, I know we bounced around a couple of times on different words we could pick, but um, what is it about the word remix that kind of made you go, "Ooh, I kind of like that."
0: Yeah, I, I do like the word. I, I was thinking when I was a teenager, I used to sit in my room back in the day and make uh, those mixtapes. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. <a> throwback. <laughs> for, I do remember you know, that. Right, right. Mixtapes, you know, but there's a lot of parallels to that in my life because it's, you know, stop, record, rewind, move forward, next Mm -hmm. song. And I feel like, you (laughs) know, you don't always know. At that point, we had the radio. So we would sit and listen for hours to wait for your favorite song to come on so you could (laughs) push play, push record, you know. And I think that now... As a young adult, I had a plan for what my life was going to look like, and it very much has been remixed more than once, time and time again. Mm -hmm. So that has given me an opportunity to learn and grow, but also knocked me off my feet a couple of times, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I love about this word? I'm a music guy, so of course, I love the music aspect. But you know, I say at the beginning of the ReChoice podcast, pick an event, choose a word. This is not an event. This is more that's of a, an outlook or series of events.
0: I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, particularly maybe in the la- you know, since we already announced 40th birthday coming up in the last 20 years really has been a big shifting and learning for you.
0: For sure. For sure. And I think that's one of the great things about turning 40 and having had a lot of experiences leading up to this. It's just an opportunity for me to look back and kind of appreciate The journey that I've traveled, the road that I've been on and just, I think I'm finding myself more patient and calm and just ready to embrace the next, you know, the next leg. I call it the next leg because my youngest is eight. So I have 10 years, right? I'm on the last leg of this raising children, not being a mother, because as you know, you're a lifetime parent, but getting the last one to college, that'll be the next 10 years. So I feel like I'm looking at, looking at the road and I'm curious to see what it'll bring and excited for those new opportunities. A little scared because <laughs> things, things seem to remix a lot when, with me. I um, think that's
1: a healthy outlook though, you know, and, and yeah, your, your kids are becoming more independent, uh, even your younger ones. So um, now I don't, I don't know if you need to go through all of the different songs, so to speak, on this mixtape. But before we get to the, the real current one, uh, which we will address coming right up, you know, what were some of those remixes leading you up to this point? What would be Definitely, some highlights?
0: I would say, well, I don't know if people would call getting divorced a highlight. I certainly right. didn't. Like you um, said, there's
1: some songs that...
0: Some sad you, you songs. Might, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Some power ballads in there. Not once, but twice. And that was very challenging because mm. you think, you know, and you're there, but life at times has different, you know, different paths and it's hard to talk about. So I think I'll jump to the next thing. It's a little sure. more positive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I really glad you're acknowledging it because uh, For sure. the, I think there tends to be a lot of shame around things like that. And, but as you say, being 40, looking back, it's like, yeah, that happened. So that's certainly one aspect. Um, what are some of the other remixes?
0: Um, moving to California, we talked about that. I have a very, very large Italian family in New York. Yeah. Both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side. Lots of relatives, cousins, second cousins, third cousins, bodies, you know, the <laughs> it's whole... A
1: big family.
0: Right, the <laughs> whole thing. And so, you know, I tend to be... Pretty good with change and I get excited for new adventures, but I don't think I really knew what I was signing up for when I decided to move away from everyone. Yeah. But it's not just holidays and birthdays. It's dance recitals, soccer games, you know, all of those little things that make up the family component. So I'm glad that I'm here. I love my life here. I've made amazing friends that have become my family. But that was definitely something that I was like, I'm in, I'm going to California. And to the credit of my parents, they're like, "Go, oh, do it. You do you. <laughs> we will yeah. miss you. But they've always been really supportive of me going off and figuring things out. My mom would say, let's just live. That's how she is. And <laughs> let her figure it out. Great acceptance so, on their part. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. So that's another big one. And I think the most, re- well, not the one we're going to talk about in a minute, but the most recent one that's a personal one for me is I, I decided this year turning 40, I wanted to do something big for myself. So I decided to go back to college. I am currently pursuing my doctoral degree in educational leadership.
1: Heck yeah. And that, again, yes. that just doesn't surprise me knowing you.
0: I finished my first course with an A. I'm very excited. Hey, hey, look
1: at that! <laughs> 4.0 already. Yes. <laughs> Um, yes. and so that's, you know, probably a, a year or two.
0: Yes. Uh, it should be, I'm looking at 2023, which sounds far away, but I'm realizing it'll be here before I know it. And I'm very excited. It's something that has been on my bucket list since before I had children. When I finished grad school wow. back at Oswego, I wanted to continue on with my education, but I also really wanted to be a mom. That was really, really important to me. So I decided to start my teaching career and Get married and start my family. And I have no regrets to doing that, but I'm really excited that I can now do something for me to further that education.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you remember me talking about my son and my young son, who's also yes. now the class of 2023. So he'll be graduating high that school. That is hard
0: to believe <laughs> when that you're, get, when you're believe. getting your doctorate.
1: So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead then and really talk about the main event here, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, when we first thought about doing an interview. You were really just starting this process. So I want to know what made you choose to pursue surrogacy? And maybe we what we need to do is really define that for people first, because right. um, I know you and I have connected over, you know, non-traditional family kind of a situation, and I'm not going to tell my story, but, right. but for people who don't know what, what it means to be a surrogate parent, what, is, what does that mean?
0: So there's different types of surrogacy. Um, I'm a, I was a gestational surrogate. So there was an egg donor. The couple that I work with, they had embryos frozen. I decided actually, I think it was 2020 that I wanted to pursue this journey. It's actually something that predates my third child. Hmm. When I was still living in New York, I had friends who she was diagnosed with brain cancer. They were just about at the point where they were ready to start their family, but she had to undergo chemo and radiation and, you know, the whole thing. She, they weren't sure if they would be able to have children. And we had talked about doing some type of surrogacy then. As life would have it, I ended up pregnant with my third child, my daughter, and I moved to California. And so that. Kind of tabled, I not know and I,
2: that.
0: yeah, yes, yes, and I didn't think about it again for many, many years. And as I found myself a single mother for the second time, living in a city that is beautiful but extremely expensive, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. there was a financial component to it that sparked my interest, but. Knowing me, you would know that it wasn't for the money. That was just a silver lining that right. was, you know, super helpful. But, um, I started doing a little research and as with all things in my life, I always kind of put it out to a higher power and I say, if it's meant to be, it will happen. If I'm supposed to go down this road, it will happen. So on my lunch, actually at work one day, I filled out an application online <laughs> and just forgot about it. As you know, having been a classroom teacher, that bell rings, lunch is over, the next class yeah, is yeah, coming about in and 10
1: minutes to you, quickly get it done and send. Right. And send you're it. off yeah.
0: and running. Exactly. So I forgot about it until the next day, which is really fast. I, wow. I got a phone call from the coordinator at the clinic and she said, I have a couple that I would really like you to meet. I think you would be a perfect match for them. So I was really excited. And then she said, but, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she said, but they're working with a surrogate at the moment and right. they have one more try. They mm. had four embryo transfers that did not take. And the doctor told them you need to find a new surrogate. So we did an interview. I kind of felt like it was like a dating uh, app, <laughs> yes. He's like we've paired you with your match, and the <laughs> it,
1: and that is weird, isn't it?
0: It it was, it was, and I remember I was really, really nervous to meet them. We were going to do a Skype interview, and I was in the kitchen, and my son was in the kitchen. He's like, "Mom, what's wrong?" And I was like, "I'm just really nervous. What if they don't like me?" Exactly. And he looked yeah. at me from the mouths of babes. He looked at me and said, "Mom." they don't have to like you. You have to like them. You're going oh, to wow. carry their baby. <laughs> and I was like, Oh wow. You're That's right. Awesome. <laughs> that was really profound. And that stuck with me. And so that gave me some confidence to go into that meeting and just be myself, you know, and share my own experience of being a mother and having my own children. And um, we hit it off immediately. In fact, I'm gonna be meeting up with them this afternoon when we're done. Oh wow. To spend a little time Good. with what is now an almost nine month old baby boy. Wow. Yes. Um, he was born in special. March and we are getting well, we're closing in before you know it on his one year birthday.
1: That automatically in my brain anyway, just being a an adoptive father, th- yes. that already makes me think of some of the questions that people have when they're walking through this in terms of boundaries and whatnot. So what right. you've just revealed is that you still have a relationship.
0: I do. And yeah. that's up to, you know, the parents, that's up to the surrogate, what kind of, mm-hmm. you know, relationship you want to have. For me, it was really important to have a relationship. I don't have any biological ties to the baby, but right, right. I grew him and I explained it to my, my younger daughters as like baking brownies in the oven. Right. <laughs> so I didn't partake in the mix, but you need the oven in order to be able to eat the brownies, which is what I was. I was the oven
1: the incubator, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. But it was important for me to still kind of see how everybody was doing. And yeah. I, love family. And I love the idea of being able to, you know, watch somebody else have a family. And it just all was really, you know, great that they were willing to have that continued relationship and to stay in touch because they're not local. They live in the UK. So they're overseas. Isn't that something? Um, Yeah. As they come home, well, I say home because one of them is from the United States. So they come back periodically. And when they do, they always make a point to check in and come and see me or I go to see them so really really great yes yeah. it wasn't easy to get to the baby I feel like I kind of jumped from point A to point Z because no, that's it wasn't okay
1: like, we've we've done enough of that anyway during the interview right
0: that's the remix
1: <laughs> when you say it wasn't easy what do you mean the the boundaries do you mean the actual process of having it take all of that
0: the process to get to just even the embryo transfer so i was very blessed in my own pregnancies to not have any difficulty in conceiving Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. never realized until this process the lengths that parents will go to to Have a baby and it's been extremely humbling. I went into that clinic thinking, well, this is going to be easy. I'll take those shots and I'll have a baby for them. And here you go. But it was so much more than that. I had some health issues on my end that I didn't expect. And it wasn't anything serious in terms of like a diagnosis or anything like that. Just my body wasn't cooperating. Mm -hmm. My. You know, I don't know how detailed I should get. My uterine lining wasn't thick enough. I was, I had, you know, fluid that I was retaining that I shouldn't be. And every time I went back, it felt like there was something else that was wrong. And it really made me step back and think, Oh my gosh, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe this was a higher powers way of letting me know that i need to focus on my own health and well-being and i just there were a lot of emotions that went in i remember yeah. crying and talking to my best friends and saying why am i so upset about this it's not even my baby like why do i get so worked up and it could have been the hormone injections that i was <laughs> partly. really partly i really wanted this so badly for them and knowing That they had been through four failed attempts already. So it took us eight months from the time that we started until I was actually, until my body was actually ready to receive the embryo. And they were so loving and so patient and so kind. It really taught me a lot about the hearts of humans, you know, the goodness from strangers. You don't often. Take enough time to spend with strangers to realize how great people truly are, kind mm. of have your circle and you know your people and they're amazing. But this was just such a wonderful experience of these strangers who now have become family were willing to go through this whole journey with me just to get, you know, to the, to the point where we could do the embryo. So when the embryo went in, they put in two embryos. Only one took. Mm-hmm. We thought that two would take because my counts were really, really high. And then, you know, there was some disappointment for them when they realized it was only one. It's a very expensive process and you don't get a lot of chances, right? So, right. but we were, you know, we're still excited. We're fortunate that one took, but it's, you know, not as easy as a traditional pregnancy where You go to your regular ultrasound exams. You go to your regular OBGYN. There was, you know, more of a process there of every, you know, week, every 10 days, I was back at the clinic. I had to do fertility injections. You have to do those for the first trimester, the first 10 weeks to be sure that your body doesn't reject the baby. That was a whole other process of daily injections. I didn't have anybody to put the shot in me. I had to do it myself, which was very scary at first. Just kept thinking long term, long term, we're going to get a baby out of this. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> there were yeah, some you moments. You learned what there.
1: you can do. And, uh, yes. Yeah. And I
0: think you learn a lot about control too. Yeah. There are only so many things in your power. And I do believe that you have to let things go and kind of trust the process. Trust that whatever's meant to be good or bad, painful or joyous. It's part of the human experience. It's part of that. Being, I would say, advanced maternal age, as they call it, being older, they were also concerned about me. They were concerned for my health. They wanted to make sure I I learned that with surrogacy, there can be complications down the road toward the end with the placenta, you know, starting to break down or in the beginning, the umbilical cord was sideways and the baby, they weren't sure if the baby was going to get enough nutrients and Everything worked out in the end. I delivered at 39 weeks. My blood pressure at 37 weeks went really, really high, scary high. They were worried about preeclampsia, which turns out I actually did have, which then transitioned into eclampsia later on in the hospital. But they did an induction at 39 weeks and I had a seizure while I delivered, which I didn't know. I actually delivered the baby and when I was delivering the placenta, I had a seizure which lasted for two minutes. And I didn't know. Obviously, I woke up a little disoriented and they were asking me a bunch of questions, which my birth coach later laughed about and said, you're pretty angry at those questions. (laughs) And I said, I didn't know why they were asking me if I knew where I was. I thought I took a nap. I was done. My job was over. So uh, my blood pressure continued to stay elevated and I had to stay in the hospital a couple of extra days While they monitor that, but fortunately, once I got home, everything uh, worked out. Everything was fine. My blood pressure went back to normal. My weight and my you know health, everything went completely back to normal, and it was it was not a problem. But I, I learned because I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, I'm fine. I learned that you know, surrogacy and carrying. A baby that doesn't share your DNA means that your body will do things that it typically might not do if you were carrying your own child. Being stubborn didn't pay off in that, in that (laughs) sense, because the doctor wanted to induce me a week earlier and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I just kind of put it off, then paid the price for that. Thankfully not too steep a price because it could have been a different result in the end. And I'm very grateful that my stubbornness didn't cause any long-term damage.
1: I'm kind of uh, in awe and amazement here on two things. One would be your own attitude in this and your own persistence of, oh, my gosh, another op- It's like a roller coaster, you know, my, right. you know, oh, wait, we're not done yet. Oh, we got to keep, oh, is it going to, you know, <laughs> I'm really in awe of that. And coming from a family, my wife and I experienced our own infertility really challenges for a long time. She had three people step forward, I think it was to offer surrogacy. And even wow. though, even though we didn't choose that, it meant the world to us that somebody would. So, yes. so I'm, I'm floored by that. And just thank you for sharing that. I know you're not somebody who just says, uh, let me tell you my surrogacy story. So I, I, <laughs> I appreciate you being willing to share this with our audience. But the second thing I'm in awe of is really the science here of everything. The, oh, the science! I, I know. like. I can't believe. I don't know the story to make this possible, but the hormones, the the DNA thing that you just said, the right. monitoring, the it's just incredible to me that this is possible.
0: What was so interesting to me was that you know they had different egg donors. They were able to determine gender, and also that they could see from the I guess you would call it a printout, the paperwork, which embryos were left, how many, the viability, how strong they are. They like rank them. There's like a scale of for likelihood that they'll take. And what we actually found out halfway through the pregnancy was that the two of the two embryos they put in, one of the embryos was from the wrong batch. And that's the oh, one that wow. didn't take. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was some, I think on their end, some anger and some frustration and some disappointment because once it's in, you can't, there's no, there's no going backwards. (laughs) So that was very challenging for them, but science is incredible. And I am just amazed at what we are able to, you know, do. And I, and I think it's interesting because I grew up Catholic, very traditional Catholic upbringing, and I've always been pro-life But there are people who think that this is, you know, something that you shouldn't do. That's where I was about to
1: go. You went right there. Like,
0: like, yes, like you're playing God. But I think about it a little differently. I feel like twofold. One, if we weren't meant to do this type of thing, then humans would not have been given the knowledge to create this. Like we wouldn't be able to do it if we weren't supposed to. And the other piece to that is I believe in family. I believe that good people need to continue to bring children into the world to promote that goodness. We hear so much negativity. We hear all the violence, you know, watch the news for five minutes and you hear all of these things. And I'll take it all the way back to before I had my first child. My son is 13 now. Before I had him, I was sitting at a bar one night with my dad and we were having a drink and he's like, "You you know, start having kids. And I was like, I don't know, dad, I don't think I should. And I knew that I always wanted to be a mom. I wanted four Hmm. children from the time I was 12, but at that point in my life, I was in my late 20s, and I'm starting my career, and I'm like, the world is not a great place. I don't wanna bring kids into not a great place. And my dad looked at me and he said, Liz, if good people don't have children, what are we gonna have left? You go with God, you take that faith, and you move forward knowing that you're a good person and you will raise good people and that will continue to promote goodness in the world. And that was big for me because it's true. You know, there are amazing people in the world. We don't always hear about all those great stories, but there's so many out there and we have to keep promoting that goodness and that positivity. So just doing my little piece to promote that goodness in the world and that positivity.
1: Wow. I'm i uh, I'm a bit speechless here. I mean, that's, um, That's a beautiful message from your dad Thank you, and a beautiful message to us as well. And just thank you for sharing that.
0: Thank Um, you.
1: I guess that brings me to how people have responded. We've already heard how uh, I I love, uh, I don't know which kid it was that said, Hey mom, come on. You know, that gave you that great message of uh, right. Right. But how have your kids in general responded to that whole process? And then also who else has stepped in, I guess. Um, cause it's a long journey.
0: It is a long journey. And so at first my oldest two, they were a little bit skeptical. They're like, why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And I explained to them why kind of, you know, gave them my why. And they were like, oh yeah, that's great, that's, that's great, mom. Good idea. That sounds really good. And my younger two didn't really fully understand. So it took a lot more explaining for them to really understand the process of what was going on. But all four of them were extremely supportive. You know, it just so happened that as we were about to begin this um, surrogacy journey, COVID hit. So... there
1: yeah, there's another layer. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it was twofold in the sense that I was home teaching online through the entire pregnancy, but I relied a lot on the kids for help. you know, toward the end when touching your toes is challenging. I I need the dishes put away. I need the laundry folded. I need, you know, the floor swept and all of those pieces that kind of go into running a household that kind of you just take for granted that your mom will do, right? Moms do a lot of unseen things and i always bustling around the house doing something, but they started to recognize, you know, the team effort, like, Hey, I can do this or I can do that. Mom, why don't you sit down Look at that. And, rest. and, and so, so at
1: the time, 12 years old was the oldest, right?
0: Correct. Yes. So, I
1: mean, that's four kids between what?
0: Yeah. Eight and 12. Eight they're and only 12? five years apart. Yeah. Okay.
1: Even at that age, team effort time and, and you can contribute to the family here.
0: Yes. They really stepped up. They're, they're great kids. They really are. As I said in the beginning, my oldest two, um, their father lives in New York So they've had a challenging journey along with me, alongside of me with, you know, being in a place where we kind of depend on each other. We don't have family here. We have great friends, amazing friends who are now our family. But we kind of are our own little pod, our own little team.
1: And choose what you're comfortable sharing here when it comes to outside of the family. I imagine that you're going to have to leave school a little early for appointments and, and whatnot. And I wonder outside of family what you found helpful from other relationships.
0: My best friend is currently pregnant as a surrogate with no a baby wow. for another couple. Yes. Yeah, she and I have kind of taken on this journey together. She's also a single mom with four kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and wow. she's also I'd, a teacher. No idea. Yes. Liz. <laughs>
1: that's incredible. Wow.
0: Right. So she and I have been, I would say probably, I mean, I don't know what I do without her. She's a sister. I have three amazing sisters. She's my fourth sister. She has just been there for every emotional meltdown, every high, (laughs) every low. We thought we would be pregnant together as it worked out. We were not. And I had the baby, then she got pregnant and she's pregnant right now. Some of the things that I experienced, she's now experiencing. So it's really valuable to have that person who just understands, right? And who's there and who can just show up for you. No questions asked. She just turned 40 a couple of months ago and I'm Mm -hmm. right there with her. So truly, I think we were put in each other's lives to be what we needed right here, right now in this place. So, you know, I have that. And then I work... With an amazing group of people. You mentioned Joe Glover in the beginning, one of my good friends at school. Yep. He and I, the process champions, thanks to (laughs) you, we still carrying that on strong at our school. And there are others too, who are just amazing, amazing people that are willing to help out anytime I ask or need. And I'm very, very fortunate for that. It's nice to know that you have a work family that you have a community, family, people that can be there when you need them. I didn't have that in New York. I chose to depend on my brothers and sisters, my parents. I never really learned about those friendships and how valuable they are. And I always saw other people and thought, well, that's neat. Those good friends, you know, that's interesting. And I just, <laughs> and so that too. So there's a remix. A yeah, there's a for remix. Sure. Um, Absolutely. Who, what does
1: family mean?
0: Absolutely. And I think that's the other piece to surrogacy as well. I had an idea years ago of what a family should be, a mom, a dad, children, period, the end. I think that's probably from being raised Catholic. And after I got divorced, I was pregnant with my second child when I went through my first divorce. That was really hard for me because I was like, there goes that image right? That mom, dad, and your four kids, it's gone. What do I do with this? I don't want to stop having children, but I also don't have a husband. So what am I supposed to do? Right? So there was this sort of moment in my life where I had to really step back and kind of recognize that families come in all different shapes and sizes. And there are lots of different families and they look very different. And I embraced that and was like, okay. And so when I met my what was my second husband and decided to, you know, have more children, I was like, okay, you know, stepdad and mom and four kids, this is great. And it kind of brought me back to that idea of what I had had in my mind of what a family should be. And then things started happening and I realized that, you know, it wasn't what I was hoping for. And I don't mean that to just be sort of, I, I, I kind of glaze over, you know, that because, I I hear what you're saying, though. I hear you saying
1: the image you had, right? The plan plan you had.
0: Exactly. And it just didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And fortunately, you know, this time around, he and I have been able to maintain a friendship and we get along well. Uh, Recently, he had COVID. We share custody. I took the girls. And when I had to be in the hospital the extra days with the baby, he took the girls and was there for me. So, you know, even though we're not together, we're still co parenting really well. And I'm so grateful for that because it makes all the difference. It really does. And there have been many, many times I've had to just bite my tongue and okay. Yeah. For the greater good of the kids and the situation. And so, you know, it really has remixed me in terms of what is a family? What is, you know, that look like. My daughter's getting ready to celebrate a birthday and she's like, I want to do a family dinner with you and Dad. And we're like, Okay that's fine. Where do you want to go? We'll all go and can continue on with that. So yeah, I'm grateful that we have that for sure. For sure.
1: We've heard about people who've responded positively. And is there anything you wish people would <laughs> understand about that process or family or surrogacy? I think about even our own journey, my wife and I, and there's things that people have said that we're like, I can't believe they just said that. I can't
0: believe they just said you know, that. I'll be honest with you. I was expecting that more from my family, not my parents and my siblings, but like aunts and uncles and cousins. But everybody has been so supportive and put my journey on social media because I really wanted to inspire and encourage other people to know that we don't have to fit into these like cookie cutter molds that society creates. And I just found so many positive reinforcements to that. You know, the only I would say negative feedback really was people saying, are you sure that that's wise for you? Are you going to be okay? You know, one of my mm. dearest, dearest friends, when I told him about it, he's like, don't do it. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, you're, you, what, what, something could happen to you. And he's a scientist and so knows a lot of the science stuff and was like, what if, what if, what if? And I said, you know what, I'm putting it up to a higher power. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. And he was there with me through the whole journey. I was like, you know what, you're incredible. You've taught me so many things Hmm. through watching you go through this and seeing that faith and that positive outlook. So I've been fortunate. Anybody that's a lot of remixing going on here, Liz. Yeah, they kept it to themselves. They didn't (laughs) share it with me at all. I mean, maybe they knew I wouldn't entertain it in my headspace, right? I just don't. Spend a lot of time. Oh, and that's there. a really
1: good point. How much am I going to listen to that anyway? You know, right. We sometimes uh, stay too long in those areas. That's uh, true. I'm going to surround bad. myself with the right people. Correct. Well, yes. any- anything else you want to say about the word remix?
0: Well, I don't know if you know, but I am in the process of a second round of surrogacy. We call it a sibling project Mm -hmm. with the couple that I am working with. And we're going to try again, except (laughs) my body's not cooperating again. I was supposed to get an embryo last week and that didn't happen. We're back at it. We started, we're back at square one and we are going to try again. And I am very confident that we will have another baby. And maybe I can come back and give you an update in no, a year. Well, yeah, <laughs>
1: I, we, I definitely want to know and I, I'll continue to follow for sure. Thanks again, Liz. And so I think we'll just wrap things up here. We have a mutual friend named Ron Fox. Yes. I, this morning, texted Ron Fox. And I said, hey, what are three words you think of when you think of Liz? And within a minute or two, this is what he texted back. Liz is dedicated to her family, her students, and her campus. She is kind. With a smile, a word of encouragement, a simple pat on the back, her kindness and love is felt by her students in her classroom every day. And she is giving. Giving love through small acts of service to her teammates, school, and community are easy to see, but the ultimate gift of life to other families. Liz models the spirit of giving to all those in her life. She is a rock star human being
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful that That did not take that that took him
1: just a second when he texted that i'm like man that's right on that is right on
0: that those are beautiful words thank you i appreciate that so much
1: oh i so appreciate you liz and so uh finish strong 2021 i know this comes out in 2022
0: it's gonna be a great year end and a great 22 all right
2: deal (laughs) For all things podcast-related, head on over to ReChoicePod.com. See photos of our guests, access the show notes, check out our merch, give us some feedback, or pick your own ReChoice word. We can't thank our supporters enough. To become a patron, search for us at Patreon. Or select Support the Show at our website. Think of it as a virtual tip jar or a motivational high fi We have a lot of great shows in the hopper. Rate, review, and subscribe to the ReChoice podcast on your favorite podcast player. And you can follow us on social media. Perhaps you know of someone with a story to tell. Perhaps that person is you. Thank you to my son, Danny Pellerito, for producing our music. And listeners, thank you for stopping by. Reframe your past, renew your present, and reclaim your future. Because after all... It's always a choice. Take Take care care, and and see see you next time.